Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So in a little while, I'm going to be doing a podcast review of Heel Squad with Maria Menunos because she had on a very interesting guest by the name of Dr. Mark Hyman, and the topic was reversing aging. So of course, that piqued my interest, and so I'll be doing that review very soon. Uh, but first, a little housekeeping, and I'm going to get into my regular segments first. So first of all, so this is another episode of Craving More. So again, thank you to all of my subscribers. I appreciate you. Um, It does mean the world to leave a review. So I know a lot of you have already left a review. The more reviews, the better a podcast does, uh, whether they're negative or positive. Uh, I, I'm actually, I think I'm kind of regretting changing my logo because even though I was getting a lot of those like one star hate reviews, that actually is still good. That actually does move somebody up on the ranking. So I recently, somebody reached out from a media company to see if I wanted to interview uh, this doctor, which I'm going to. And I guess I was ranked 244th in alternative health podcasts, which was really interesting. I didn't realize I was being categorized that way. I thought I was under general health and fitness, but actually it kind of makes sense I'm wondering if like Apple's AI has picked up on the fact that I say the word cannabis a lot (laughs) and maybe they just kind of categorize me into alternative health. But I think that makes sense. I mean, I definitely talk about a lot of things that are non-traditional for wellness. So I, I, I think that does make sense. But um, but anyway, I was curious about the ranking system, and I guess that is what matters, is just how many reviews, whether they're good or bad, just people leaving reviews. So if any of you uh, want to help a sister out, <laughs> I would love another review. So um, I really, really do appreciate them. I just went and looked at them uh, again, and I did have a really positive one. So whoever that, um, some sort of username by the name of Giraffe, I think I'm going to read it on on Yellow Giraffe or something. Anyway, I'm going to read read it on my next podcast, when, which is free to the public, because uh, it was really sweet. And I really, if, if you're listening, if that was you, thank you. That was a really, really sweet uh, review. And it was a nice juxtaposition for the one star that I got shortly after, which, you know, the woman hated me. But um, actually, no, she didn't hate me. She actually left a constructive review saying that she felt this was more like a journal, like a journal podcast, which was interesting. But um, but anyway, I love all feedback. So if you wouldn't mind, I would love it if you'd leave me another review. It does mean the world to us. Um, so so right now, I it's a Thursday I just got back from Pilates. I have the house to myself. Chad is in Pennsylvania with his best friend, drinking lots of beer, hanging out at a camp and just relaxing and taking a little time away, uh, which is good. I think it's good for him. You know, he's really close to this guy. So, and he has been exercising like a maniac. He's been losing weight. He's been doing great. So he looks good. He feels good. And he's about to have a nice little weekend vacation. So good for him. All right. So let's get into my segments here. So let's do a little mental health check-in. 
So, so first of all, I typically only talk about my own mental health when I, when I talk about, when I enter this segment, but I did get a, a comment on one of my Instagram posts that I, and I'm not going to mention, uh, you know, who left it, but I just, I think, and, and she and I did DM. It's one of my, it's one of my subscribers. Hey girl. Um, so I'm not going to say your name, but I, I do think that, and, and again, she and I DM'd about this, uh, but Again, this podcast, I think there's going to be some topics that are really helpful. Like this one, for example, is is basically just like science-based information about overall health and preventing disease, you know, because I'm doing a review of Dr. Mark Hyman. But there's other times that I'm talking about, you know, weight loss and body size and all of these things that are, are really triggering especially for some of us, like some of us are triggered more by certain topics than other topics. And I just think, you know, I don't want anyone to listen to any of these podcasts if they're going to trigger you. You know, I, I think it's so important. Like there's so many people I stopped following and, and some things I don't listen to or put in front of my face because I know it's going to be really triggering to me. And I hope all of you, protect yourselves, protect your mental health. And if it's a topic that's triggering you, you know, just shut it off. I'm going to be doing way a lot more um, just helpful, you know, health and wellness ones that might not be so triggering. So um, obviously this is an entertainment podcast, you know, it's not meant for medical advice or, you know, health advice that you should do. It's, it's more like general information so that people can, can figure out what works for them. And, and how to find their best happy place and and where they feel good. So anyway, I just, I wanted to put that out there for anybody else that's feeling the same way, because I'm sure that this this woman that reached out or that, that made that comment is not alone. I'm sure there's other people that have listened that have been triggered by some of the stuff in this podcast. And I just, please, please, please protect yourselves. Don't subscribe if some of this stuff is 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 triggering. Okay. Cause I, I really do, you know, love all of you and, and just want the best for you. So anywho, just wanted to put a quick little note on that. Um, I do think a, a good woman to follow is Alicia McCarvel, who I have done some podcast reviews on, you know, on this, on this show. And she's just really good about sharing, you know, all about the the mental strife we all face with this diet culture based world, and I just think she has such a great outlook on the world. So, um, she that's a good podcast to go back and listen to if you're feeling triggered. And she's a great Instagram follow as well. Um, anyway, so now for another mental health story. So, I had decent mental health this week. I mean, Monday was crazy. I, I was really proud of myself. I think I mentioned it on my last episode of just like not responding to, st- to stupid things that our partner sends us. Like we're still having abusive text messages sent to us from our partner, Dan, in Massachusetts. And exactly what I thought would happen happened. Like he he was fine la- like last week and then he started raging against us again and I was really proud of myself. I think it was Monday. He started. So I had sent an email to our security, the person that drew up our security plans and was just basically asking her some questions about that and wanted her to redraw them uh, for our final inspection and for our cannabis company. And and she and and 
Dan had texted my CFO and I, Tyler, like, oh, I don't think she's the right person. I think we need an architect. And we kind and and again, like some of some of the things that Dan has for information regarding this license is really helpful. You know, it's really hard to try to do this alone. And, you know, most cannabis companies have huge teams and they're well-funded and I'm just trying to figure it all out. And, and it's, it's hard, complicated stuff. And you need, you need teammates, you need people that can collaborate and, and work through tough things and bounce back and forth and compare information and then see who we have to reach out to to get our final answers. So, so you know, Dan said a few things about this software we needed and about this scale we needed. And so, and this dumpster we needed, I'm like, okay, well you handle the dumpster. I already did the software thing. I said, but what about this scale that you mentioned? And so I had a, a question about the scale and, and he, in, in the text, he said a lot of like abusive things along with the helpful things. And so I was really proud of myself that I just ignored the abusive things and I just asked questions about the stuff that was business related. So I was, I was really proud of myself. And I, you know, I, I, the, the last question I said was a question about the scale and he just never responded. And I'm like, okay, is he going to answer that? And again, I'm at a point where I don't trust, I don't know if he's going to ever answer that question. I, he gets stubborn, he gets angry and in his head, and then he just, you know, just leaves the conversation and doesn't return. So I started doing my own research, reached out to the governing licensing board to get my answer. And he, he finally answers the next day stating that we are, and he just like, tells us how terrible we are and how we are incompetent and how we should just go consult with an attorney if we need answers about this license and about this scale. And I'm like, and I just said, because he starts telling us about how we should be paying and compensating. I'm like, you're not even answering basic questions about your own business. Like you're an owner, a 51% owner in this business, and you're not even answering these basic questions. So I, I lost it. I had to say, Dan, we are not your parents. I am so sick of these unprofessional text messages about stuff that is is none of our business. I said, go get a job if you have no money. We all have jobs. Go get a job. I said, and and I I, I couldn't not. I just I, I couldn't help but respond to that. So I'm not I'm not proud of that response, but I'm also like it had to be said. And and I've never. It, it's so hard for me to comprehend that this person who is the majority owner is unwilling to help move this forward. It's like he'll do a little bit and then he'll just withdraw. And we're left hanging there trying to pick up all the pieces. It's so frustrating. He wants money so bad and he he and he doesn't realize that if he helps us get this license, then we can start making money. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to understand, but he he's so spiteful and stubborn like he will he he will cut off his nose to spite his face. So it's just it's it takes a concerted effort every single day for me to like not think about it. And I do I spiral on it and then I pull my brain out of the muck and then I focus on grateful being you know gratitude and empathy and then I fall back in the muck I mean it's it's a constant battle and it's you know it's just what we have to do if we want to 
try to get this business open and we're just, we're stuck with this person that we have to work with. So, uh, so anyway, so my mental health was good on Monday, bad on Tuesday. And, and so I'm, and I'm just trying to, again, keep it moving forward and anyway, so that's my mental health check-in. I do hope that all of you had a good mental health week yourselves. Okay, this week I don't have a diet culture media moment, but I did want to tell the story that I didn't tell on my last public free podcast. So this is a little segment that I'm going to start calling awkward food interactions. <laughs> okay, so this involved Chad's dad, who I love. I love his whole family. His whole family is so sweet and nice and I, I told the story before how we had gone over for the last, I think it was, it might have been Father's Day, but it was one of those little holidays. And we had brought over bagels and locks and all the stuff. And his parents had made bacon and I had put a couple of the burnt pieces of bacon. And I was like just about to eat the last of it. And he, and his dad was like, oh, why don't you give that to the dog? <laughs> I'm like, and in my head, I like wanted to eat the bacon and, and, but I, I, again, it's like, I respect my elders and it was kind of embarrassing to say, no, I want to eat this. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It just felt awkward, but so I just did it. And I still wanted that last piece of bacon on that buttery, delicious bagel. But anyway, so, so we're out at that dinner that I talked about on the last one. We're out. It was, it was actually, um, so maybe I should have. So you tell me, was I, was I wrong in this situation? Okay. So it's, it was his parents' birthdays. It was his mom and dad. We were celebrating it. And we went out to that steakhouse and I had gotten, now the reason I ordered this filet, okay, was because of the peppercorn gravy that it came with. I love a peppercorn sauce. Oh, it's so good. And so that was literally one of the biggest reasons I ordered that dish. So the dish comes and I dip my little piece of steak in the sauce. And it is one of the most delicious peppercorn sauces I've ever tasted. I was like, oh. and it was only, they only gave you this like little tiny cup of it. And I was like, oh, I need to ask for more of this because it's so good. And and I'm looking over and Chad, Chad had gotten the same thing as me and he's pouring the sauce on his steak. Now I thought about doing that, but I'm like, well, sometimes what happens is when you pour that sauce on the steak, it actually just absorbs into the, into the steak and then you lose, you lose some of the flavor. And so I made a conscious decision because of, because it was so delicious and I wanted the full flavor with each bite, I decided to make sure that it was going to last and I decided to dip each individual piece uh, bite of steak into the sauce okay so I could moderate the amount I could get that first burst of flavor of the peppercorn sauce so I'm like I'm not even like halfway through the meal and and Chad's dad looks over he's sitting right across from me he looks over at my sauce and he's like are you gonna eat that sauce and I'm like <laughs> I literally have this moment in my head I'm like <gasps> I'm like I'm like I should give it to him I I don't want to give it to him. This is the only thing that makes this delicious. I could ask for more, but the woman might not come. And then I'm going to be sitting here waiting for to eat. And he's going to, it was like a million thoughts flashed through my head. And I always want to respect my elders. So my instinct was to say, oh yeah, no, go ahead and take it. 
But then I'm also like, well, I'm not going to enjoy my meal. And this is the best part of the meal. And so I said, so I just said politely, I said, oh, yeah, I was going to eat it. And, and he's like, oh, okay. So I was like, and, uh, and I was so, I felt so embarrassed and awkward that I said it, but I, I didn't want to give it away. I wanted it. And, and so I just kept eating and he was fine. He was just, you know, he's like, oh, I didn't think you were eating it. And I was like, oh no, I was just, uh, anyway. So, and I don't know why when the waitress came over again, I don't know why I didn't ask for more at that point, but I didn't, I don't know why I didn't. That would have been the solution. Hey, late, hey, miss, can we get two more peppercorn sauces? Like I would have happily paid for it. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't ask for it. I just, I don't know. I don't know why. But also he didn't ask for it. He could have asked for it too. So anyway, I finished the meal. I didn't even have enough peppercorn sauce to last for the entire steak. But I but I at least got the rest of my sauce. So there was part of me that felt bad that I that I hadn't like, you know, kind of like shown the ultimate respect by just acquiescing. But also, I also set a boundary, like, this is my food, I want to eat my food. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Would you have given the sauce over? Was I in the wrong? Because technically it was, we were celebrating his birthday. Now, I will say I did make those strawberry cupcakes that I brought for them. So I did do something good. And anywho, what do you think? Should I have respected my elders? Would that have been the ultimate respect? Or was I right in keeping my sauce? DM me if you feel strongly and you want to share your opinion. <laughs> anyway, that is my awkward food interaction of the week. All right, now let's get into my healthy habits segment. So this week has been fairly healthy. I mean, I've gotten a lot of activity in. I've worked out consistently. Um, I did have some organic pea pods because I didn't go grocery shopping this week because I'm getting my HelloFresh now and I had done a big grocery shopping the week before. And so I ended up just, um, you know, trying to just make the stuff that I had last. And I did have the biggest thing I have issues with when I skip a week of grocery shopping is the lack of fresh vegetables. And so but I did find that the pea pods from Trader Joe's, if you get the organic sealed ones, those stay good for well over a week. So that was good. I had a couple of those packages left. So I was able to, you know, snack on some raw veggies and I had, uh, I had, I had the, well, I had the, the string beans that were delivered with HelloFresh. And then I always have a good amount of spinach, frozen spinach in my, uh, healthy superfood smoothie shake every morning. So I feel like I got a good amount of vegetables and then I had sweet potatoes left over that I hadn't used the week before. So I ended up uh, baking those for some hash because I'd also gotten some bacon the week before that I also hadn't used. So I was like, okay, this week in between the HelloFresh meals, I'll make some sweet potato hash. So it's high protein and then, you know, maybe a little bacon on the side, more protein. And so, and it's really satisfying. I do a little hot sauce and um, egg and saute the sweet potato in a little olive oil. It's delicious. It's very satisfying. Um, I did have one Hello Fresh meal so far, and I did post some pictures on my Instagram. Please follow me at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, and it's, it was the thyme chicken. So it was like you coated the chicken in some thyme, salt and pepper, and then sauteed it in a pan, uh, and then 
And then I made a sauce with the pan, like scrapings and a little bit of like chicken stock and uh, a little bit of water, a little bit of, uh, I think they, they actually did call, they give us some cream cheese to put in it to thicken it up a little bit. It was delicious. So that was really good. And the things that weren't good that I added in, and I'll get to this in my tasty treat segment, but um, I did have a good amount of sugar still because on Sunday I had leftover stuff from Sunday that I, I ended up eating throughout the week. And then I did end up buying some gummies and eating some gummies at night. So, so I did have healthy, you know, kind of the 80-20 rule, I guess, where I you know, but I just, when it's candy, it's one of those things that I don't love the fact that I was just having straight sugar, especially as we go into this next conversation with Dr. Mark Hyman. Now I did go and eat the candy right after I, I reviewed the podcast and I'm like, oh, this is not good for me, but, um, but I don't know. I, I definitely have a sugar addiction. So, but I, again, balancing it out with some healthy habits, uh, is important. So I did some yoga this week. I did a lot of resistance training. Uh, I do my Pilates class. There is a climb class that I want to try soon. It is on the Versa Climber and it's going to be intense though. So I haven't tried it yet, but maybe I'll try to do that next week and, and report back. But anyway, I hope all of you had a healthy week with some healthy habits yourselves. All right, let's get into my tasty treat segment now, my favorite segment. So uh, this week, so again, I always start from where I left you guys last. So I did have a Friday night dinner, which, oh my God, I was so stressed getting to this dinner. I was in a late sales call. I, I just, I was rushing to get there and I was just in a weird mood. I wasn't feeling that well. Um, and anyway, all, all of us were kind of in a weird mood that night that I met up with my girlfriends and, you know, one of my girlfriends is nursing an aching broken heart. And one of the girls, she's an attorney and she like lost a case. And so we were all in these like weird moods, but anyway, the, the restaurant was beautiful. Uh, the cocktails were good. We ordered a cocktail first and then some red wine, uh, and I did order, I'm glad we ordered the biscuits. Now these were called change your life biscuits. And I did do a little post on my Instagram about them. They were very good. They were very good. They were flaky. They were buttery. They were, I mean, yum. And they did come with a little jam. I didn't try the jam, which I talked about on my Instagram. I don't know. I was, I was not in a, in a mood for something sweet. A lot of times if I've, if I've ordered a sweet cocktail, I want the balance of something savory. And so, but I do kind of regret not just tasting it just to see what it tasted. Cause I do, I never thought I would put butter and jam together, but my stepfather did it with these biscuits that we get in Maine. And I was like, mm, I'm going to try that. And it was delicious. <laughs> I'd never tried butter and jam together. And I was like, why would you do butter and jam together? Cause butter is supposed to be savory. But I did find out that you know, butter goes well with sweet things too. So, uh, I mean, hello, pastry, duh. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do kind of wish I had tried that, but anyway, it was delicious regardless. And then I ended up getting, I was trying to decide between, I just, I, I was over the meat and I, I've been ordering red meat every single time I go out. And this time I wanted a pasta 
And so I was contemplating the Cacio Pepe, but my friends both ordered the Cacio Pepe. So I ended up getting the special that they had, which was a pasta. It was a homemade pasta. It was bucatini. And they had a spicy red sauce, which finally, it was actually spicy. I mean, so often I go to these restaurants and they say something's going to be spicy. And I like spice. I like heat. And yeah, this one was. It was good. And then it came with shrimp. And yeah, it was really, really good. I only ate, I only ate like half of it. My friend had a couple bites and then I love a leftover. I love taking the rest home and eating the rest when I'm really hungry and it tastes even better, you know, if you're hungry and especially if you're like drinking and eating a meal and you've had like something heavy, like biscuits, it's, I don't know. I just, I don't need that big of a portion after that. So, so yeah, so that was, um, that was a good meal And then Friday, I went out, actually, I don't think we did anything Friday, but on Saturday after we got out of work, Chad and I went out to get a little bite to eat and a drink before we met some friends for another drink and more food. (laughs) So um, I was just starving and we weren't going to meet everyone till 630. So I'm like, let's just like go somewhere first. So we went to this place called Oso that we frequent. It's a it's a really good bar here in Arizona. They have a few of them. I definitely recommend checking it out if you ever come to Phoenix. But um, they they had a good sangria and I had a white sangria that was really delicious. And then they had this charcuterie board. Now, I am very particular about my charcuterie boards, and they're not cheap. Like, if you're going to a restaurant and you're ordering a board, it's usually like, you know, it's over $20. So if you if you order it and then you get it and it doesn't have good stuff on it, you're like, ah, oh, that's a disappointment. And so, so and the, the restaurant was dead. I mean, it's dead here in the summer in Arizona. So I was like, well, and I was kind of like hemming and hawing over it. And the, the bartender's like, well, we can replace things. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, she's like, we can do that for you. So I'm like, okay, well, what kind of cheeses do you have? And so what I did was I ended up, it came with this andouille sausage and I kept the sausage and Chad likes prosciutto. So we did the prosciutto. Um, I thought they had salami. She said that they had salami, but then she ended, which I was like psyched about, but then that's my favorite. That's my favorite meat is salami and, um, on a charcuterie board anyway. And she was like, she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, I, she came back. She's like, I was thinking, she's like, I have another job where they serve salami. And she's like, they don't have that. But, and she just mentioned a few other things that they had. So I ended up replacing one of the cheeses And I ended up replacing all the sweet stuff, like all the, like, I didn't want sweet. I had a sweet sangria, so I didn't want the jam and the fruits that come on it. I just asked for this yellow cheese, uh, some different kind of meat. I'm trying to think what I, oh, I just did the andouille. The andouille is plenty. And, um, oh, and then it came with some bread. So, so Chad and Chad's being like, you're being a Karen. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm being a Karen? I'm like, I'm not being a Karen. I'm, I'm, we're, we're having a polite discussion about substitutions. That's not Karen. That is particular. That is, you know, good service from the restaurant. And it's one thing if I'm being a bitch, you know, and, and that's a Karen. A Karen is like losing her mind over something stupid and is like making a scene. Chad didn't understand it. I'm like, 
well, you're being a Chad. <laughs> like, that's a thing. Like, Chads are Chads. You're being a Chad. No, I was, I was kidding. He he didn't, reali- he didn't really truly understand the, the term Karen. And he just always thinks I'm, like, so annoying when I order. And I'm like, no, I just like it a certain way. I don't think there's anything wrong with ordering. I know, I know there's some fine chefs out there that just won't do it. And, of course, there's some restaurants that just won't do it. But if they're willing to... I say, why not? Am I crazy? What do you think? And was I being a Karen? I know I wasn't being a Karen. I don't even need a response to that. But are you someone that likes substitutions on a charcuterie board? I mean, and and by the way, the cheese, the substitute cheese was the only good cheese, okay? The the one that came with it, which I said, okay, we'll take that one. It was like a sweet goat cheese. Ugh. I didn't even try it because Chad hated it and I, I didn't want a sweet cheese. So, um, the, the yellow cheese that they, that they substituted was the best. I said, well, imagine if I hadn't asked for this. So I was making little cheese and sausage sandwiches. Oh my God. It was so good. Even the olives were sweet for some reason. I don't know what this, this restaurant has a sweet thing. Um, I don't, I never had a sweet olive, but anyway, there's something sweet in it, but the, it was so interesting. The sausage, the way they grilled it. It took me back to my childhood. So I had this next door neighbor, Crystal, and her dad used to grill. And I just remember this this memory so clearly of him grilling these thinly sliced andouille sausages. And he would just give us these little tiny pieces of it, these little like slices, thin slices that were grilled right on the grill. Mm, they were so delicious. And that smoky barbecue flavor on that, you know, kind of burnt sausage. Mm. So good. I haven't had that for so long. And I've always, I don't know, I've, I've always wanted to have that again. And I've, throughout the years, I've always ordered sausage thinking it could be that way. And this is the first time I've ever gotten it where it actually took me back to that place. So it was really good. Anyway, so win for me for getting the good cheese on the plate and ensuring that the charcuterie board was of good value to us. So that was delicious. And oh, and by the way, the Cacio Pepe was not good. So I'm so glad I didn't get that. So I made some good choices here. And then, so then Sunday, Sunday I had a really good workout day. I mean, I worked out. I worked out twice, actually. I, I ran in the morning and then I ended up uh, going swimming later that night, which was good because I totally like OD'd on sugar. I ended up making sugar cookies and I made two packages and put a huge dollop of this super sugary icing on each one. And I made two packages because the last time I made one, I felt like I didn't have enough. I mean, I did have enough, but I wanted to eat till I was sick, of course, because I get addicted to sugar. So anyway, there ended up being a few left over because I just couldn't, couldn't stuff that many down my throat. So I did eat some on Monday night. And, and then I had a little bit of candy throughout the rest of the week. So that was, that was like the, the indulgence that I had amongst my healthy habits this week. But the, the, you know, the amount of sugar that I ate on Sunday, it does make me wonder if I should get my blood sugar tested to see if I have like prediabetes. I've actually thought about this sometimes and it, and it really plays into what I'm about to talk about in this next podcast review, my dad, like I have a history of diabetes in my family 
And, you know, I have, I have healthy habits overall and I work out a lot and I do the resistance training, but when I do eat sugar, there are times that I just really, really overdo it. And I am kind of curious what my, what my blood sugar tests would, would come back like. So I, I'm actually going to go get it tested to see. Um, and, and you'll see why this has suddenly popped to, into my brain as, as far as like why I want to test this out and see what my blood sugars are at. Um, so all of that's going to become clear towards the end of this podcast review. Okay. So, so anyway, so I hope you all have some good tasty treats amongst some good healthy habits this weekend. I am planning on doing that myself. I have a happy hour right after this. So anyway, but let's get into the podcast review of Heal Squad with Dr. Mark Hyman. All right. So the title of this Heal Squad podcast episode is Reversing Aging with Dr. Mark Hyman. And so Maria first wanted to get into talking about the flaws of the current healthcare system. And obviously, for anyone that knows Maria's background, she's been through it with the traditional healthcare system, with her mom's brain tumor, and then subsequently her health issues, her brain tumor, her, you know, cancer diagnosis. I mean, she talks a little bit about it in, in towards the end of this podcast, but, but first she wanted to get into the flaws. And what Dr. Mark said is a lot of doctors are practicing medicine based off of old ideas. The body is one whole integrated system. So most medicine is about treating disease versus optimizing the system. We have so many healing systems in our body that are remarkable, and we just need to learn how to turn them on. There are ways to activate processes in the body to reverse age and chronic illness. And Maria said, so because they don't know this, the average person goes to their doctor and then you just get passed around from specialist to specialist. And then people end up having all these pills from all these different specialists. And Dr. Mark was like, yeah, I I told you a story. I told a story in my book that I worked with this 51 year old woman who was going around seeing world-class specialists for really complicated issues. And she was a very successful woman. You know, she was a business executive coach. And she had things like uh, psoriatic arthritis, which is similar to rheumatoid arthritis. It, it affects your joints. Uh, and she was taking a medicine that cost 50000 a year. And and my guess, side note on this, uh, he didn't say the name of the drug, but I think it's Humira. Humira. The way, the reason I say that is because what I know about Humira is it's for in, it's it's for inflammation, and it's in it and it compromises the immune system. Because I remember seeing this, um, who was it? This comedian that I know. Oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Anyway, he ended up with this huge like like open wound on his face and it, i mean it looked like you know he was being made fun of people thinking it was like this huge like 
you know, herpes wound, like open wound, but it was actually, it was like a sore that couldn't heal because his immune system was compromised from Humira. And I've met other people that have had really complicated issues happening from this. And all it is is a, is a drug to control inflammation, but it compromises your immune, your immune system. So if you hear, like I've paid attention to some of the drug commercials for Humira, because I have a friend that takes it for her Crohn's. And I'm thinking, and look, I'm not a doctor, but I'm like, CBD, just natural CBD is a powerful anti-inflammatory. And there's all these other benefits to it. Like all, so many people could be using high-dose CBD as a replacement of Humira, saving a ton of money and actually improving their health in many, many ways. Uh, but anyway, that's just a side note. But because what Mark says is this drug suppressed her immune system. And, and again, it's like, it's crazy. Some of these drugs, these pharmaceuticals that people are put on that cause all these other issues and just don't work and cost, cost so much money. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, so he's talking about this drug that cost 50,000 that suppressed her immune system. And he's like, she had all kinds of problems like irritable bowel syndrome, reflux, heartburn, bloating, depression, and she had pre-diabetes. She was overweight. She had migraines. She couldn't sleep well. She was a mess. She, and she was seeing all these doctors. You know, she was seeing a psychiatrist for her depression, a gastroenterologist for her IBS syndrome, a rheumatologist for her arthritis. But, you know, she was just being managed. And they were just trying to address the symptoms rather than get to the root cause. And from a functional medicine perspective, which is all about getting to the root cause, it was very clear to me that she had a whole host of problems that were all inflammatory. So it ended up happening that we realized that everything was due to the inflammation and, and that it was caused by inflammation of her gut. And she had an overgrowth of certain types of bacteria and yeast. She had leaky gut. She had food sensitivity. So what we did was we, you know, cleaned up her diet, put her on a whole foods diet, heavily plant rich. We removed the inflammatory foods like gluten and starches. I also had her use a multivitamin, vitamin D, probiotic, fish oil. And within six weeks, she came back. She was off every medication, which I didn't tell her to do, but she had no more psoriatic arthritis, no more heartburn, no more reflux, no more irritable bowel syndrome, no more depression, no more insomnia. She lost 20 pounds and reversed her prediabetes. You know, by treating the system, we were able to do that. And, and just treating symptoms, you can't, you can't get there from just treating symptoms. And, and so Maria said, well, do you have plans to try and fix this crazy healthcare system? Because it's really scary. I mean, people are getting sick or they're dying unnecessarily. And and this is really cool. Dr. Mark was like, actually, yes, I started a nonprofit to help change this issue. You know, it's for you know, to help educate lawmakers and affect policy regarding chronic illness and nutrition. He's like, one thing we're doing is coordinating the government agencies that oversee nutrition guidance because they've never coordinated efforts. And, you know, we're working on a meals bill. So we're doing a lot of good things that should that should help. And Maria said, one of my favorite quotes from this show came from you. And you said, when you go through your supermarket, pretend like you're at the pharmacy 
And that really stuck with me. You know, and I've, I've since quit sugar and quit gluten, and I've had a lot of great results. But at the beginning of your book, you start out by talking about the horrible statistics of chronic illness. So can you talk a little bit more about that? So Dr. Mark said, one of the reasons I wrote this book is because we look around us and we see people aging at abnormal rates. There's loss of function and all kinds of diseases like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, dementia, and all of these things kill people. And there are all these metabolic diseases, which we're treating separately. And most people over 65 have one or more chronic illnesses. And again, all of this is being treated separately. You know, we spent millions and millions of dollars on cancer research and millions and millions of dollars on diabetes research instead of looking at the root cause of these things. And and it's really aging, the, the hallmarks of aging. And and what we think of as normal aging is ab, is actually abnormal aging. And it all comes down to understanding the 10 hallmarks of aging. And the good news is if you were to correct the problems with these hallmarks, you would get, you know, you just get a five or seven year life extension, but we can get 30 or 40 years of a life extension and live to 120 if we're really focusing in these areas. And because there are pathways that regenerate and heal our bodies, but we just need to learn how to activate them. The, the book I wrote Forever Young focuses on the science of longevity. You know, what do we know? Or it's actually, I'm sorry, his book is Young Forever. He, side note, he talks about this book, like, and, and obviously he's, he's on this show to promote this book, but he says the name of this book. So like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like his talking point. That's kind of a broken record throughout this episode, if you listen to it yourself. So I'm going to mention the name of it because I think it's important. Um, and a lot of the stuff he's, he doesn't speak a lot in specifics. He wants people to buy his book, which is really clear because Maria sometimes tries to get like the specifics out of him. And he's just like, no, just go get the book. I mean, that's, he didn't say it exactly like that, but he won't give specific details. He's like, well, in my book, you know, and if you go get the book. So anyway, but, um, so he talks about how in this book, he talks about, you know, the practical tools that we can use step by step to activate these ancient healing systems. And he's like, our body can literally reverse our biological age. He's like, I'm 63 and I can't change that, but I can change my biological age, which is actually more like 43 years old when I got it tested. He said, there's lots of ways to diagnostically test this and, and you can measure it. And it's, it's really just about understanding the principles of biology. You know, if you, if you want a, a, a racehorse to win the race and, and have peak performance, you know, you're not going to give it a Big Mac. You're not going to feed it, you know, McDonald's, he said. So, and we're the same. You want to understand what's going to allow us to achieve optimal performance. And so Maria then talks about, where were you when you first tested your biological age? I mean, now you know that you're 20 years under your actual age. I'm just curious where you started from. And Dr. Mark said that I've actually only done this test once because I've utilized these techniques for almost my entire life. And, you know, I'm, I've been trying to increase that, but I am trying to increase it to 25 years. 
And so Maria said that when I, when I, you know, made these changes, she said, or when I, she, no, she's talking about when she tested her age. She said, I was in the middle of a health disaster over the summer. I, and I was with my naturopath at the time and I thought it was going to be way worse. And, you know, cause I was only, when Maria got hers tested, she was only a year younger than her actual age. And so she's wondering how much better she'll be. You know, she's like, I'm wondering how much better it will get now that I've been doing all these things and really cutting out the sugar and making serious changes to my diet. Um, and she said, the uh, one, another thing that I really love about your book is the discussion on blue zone diets. You talk about how the goal is to live healthier and longer. And a lot of people, when they think about living longer, uh, the connotation can be negative uh, because it, you think about, oh, I'm going to be at the doctor all the time and, oh, I'm going to be less mobile and I'm going to be suffering, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I mean, my dad is 77 and he's still building houses and climbing ladders. And he, I mean, he, technically he is from a blue zone. And Dr. Mark said, well, that's the thing, you know, people in these blue zones are, you know, they're a hundred years old, but they're standing up straight. They're, you know, still have their job as a shepherd. I mean, it's amazing to see a hundred year old person riding a horse, gardening in their garden and still being an integral part of the, of the community, you know, not being put out to pasture like, you know, has happened in our culture. And he said, yes, it, about it's, um, in the book, it's about increasing your lifespan, but it's also not just increasing the lifespan, but also living your healthiest throughout that lifespan. And, you know, but the, he's like, the reality is you can create health no matter where you live. And the book teaches you how to create optimal gut health, optimal hormone, hormonal balance, optimal mitochondrial function. Uh, it addresses structural systems like muscle mass. We teach you how to figure out, you know, where the imbalances are and, and how to come back into balance so that, you know, you'll both extend your life and make your life healthier. And when you create health, disease goes away as a side effect. That woman I talked about earlier, you know, I didn't treat her diseases. I helped get her microbiome healthy and it helped cool off the inflammation. And, you know, and then we put anti-inflammatory food in her diet and then her body did the rest of the work. You know, the body is intelligent and wants to create health, you know, things like light, rest, getting good air, water, getting the right type of exercise, good sleep, relaxation, connecting with loved ones and, and community, having purpose in life. I mean, all these things lead to health. And then Maria said, the fact that you've gone through your own health crisis is, is really very inspiring. And there was a list but often, you know, having so many issues can be really daunting and depressing. So can you kind of walk us through how you dealt with that time in your life? And Dr. Mark says, well, I kind of joke, I call myself the holistic doctor because I deal with the whole gamut of problems. And I had my own problems. I developed chronic fatigue syndrome. My gut broke down. I had terrible diarrhea and bloating. I had terrible immune issues. I had sores all over my tongue, rashes all over my body, 
brain fog, bad memory. I couldn't focus. I was really struggling. I had mood issues, sleep issues. My muscles were damaged. I found out I had actually gotten mercury poisoning from living in China. I ended up having Lyme disease. I had mold toxicity and autoimmune issues. I mean, there was a lot. And, and Maria said, yeah, I was curious about your, what your autoimmune issues were. And Dr. Mark said that it was actually only about five or six years ago. I had an antibiotic for a bad tooth and I had to go get a root canal and that ended up causing a bacterial infection called C. diff that ends up killing about 30,000 people a year. And luckily it didn't kill me. Uh, It almost did. But because of that, I developed ulcerative colitis and I really had to figure out how to reset using functional medicine and the principles I teach in, in my book. And uh, Maria said, isn't it harder when you have to help yourself, though, you know, when the healthcare system can't, doesn't have an answer for you? And Dr. Mark said, well, at the beginning of almost 30 years ago, when I was starting out, I mean, this was this was just a new frontier. No one was really talking about this stuff. And I was just trying to kind of understand things myself and sort it all out. You know, but now functional medicine has really come a long way. There's a more clear path. We just know so much more and how to get good results. And so Maria was like, now now, the mold that you mentioned, I feel like I'm hearing more and more about people dealing with mold toxicity. And Dr. Mark said, "Half, half of all homes have some level of water damage. And, and some people are more sensitive than others based on their genetics. I happen to be very sensitive and it led to chronic fatigue, brain fog. My immune system was in a chronic state of inflammation and I had to get my entire living situation, you know, gutted. I was, I was living in, you know, I had a big barn. I had to completely gut that out and, and get the mold out. And so that was the first step. I I had to get rid of the exposure and that started with where I lived. And and then there's antifungals that you can take that can help clear out your system. You know, I did something called ozone therapy. And then Maria said, you also talk about hyperbaric chambers. And these have always scared me, especially when my mom had brain cancer, because one thing I was so hesitant on giving her was that specific treatment because I had heard that it could cause cancer. So what are your thoughts on that? And Dr. Mark said, well, that's a good question. You know, I don't, I don't think it, it spreads cancer. I mean, typically cancer doesn't like too much oxygen. So the, the spread of cancer in hyperbarics is unsubstantiated. There's just not a lot of evidence there. He's like, I do think it's helpful for longevity. And if we look at the data out of Israel, uh, there's an experiment where they took older people and gave them 60 sessions in a hyperbaric chamber over 90 days at a certain depth and a certain protocol. And it extended the telomeres which is a compound structure at the end of a chromosome. And these compounds typically become shorter as we age, which is a hallmark of the aging process. And this ended up lengthening them. So, and and it lengthened them more than any other procedure had ever done in the past. Uh, And the hyperbaric chamber was also shown to kill zombie cells, which is a hallmark of aging, just like the shortened telomeres are. 
And the zombie cells are basically cells that don't die. You know, cells are supposed to die when they've done their thing. And he said that these zombie cells, they don't, they don't die. They become sources of chronic information uh, and they just keep hanging around and they end up becoming this like soup of inflammation, which can accelerate aging and hyperbaric oxygen and hyperbaric oxygen kills more than any other treatment out there. You know, it can also help repair the brain and increase circulation. You know, a lot of athletes use it for injuries. Uh, it's It's been used for wound healing and stroke victims and brain injury. So, I mean, I really believe in it because it can be very powerful and there is evidence. And so Maria's like, well, I'm going to ask you a more direct question. If you had cancer right now, would you experience, experiment with a hyperbaric chamber? And... Dr. Mark said, you know, I don't think it would be the first thing I would do. I think the first thing I would do is something that's proven to help with cancer, something that's more like a ketogenic diet. You know, a combination of that and other therapies that are being used for cancer, you know, under cancer therapy in general right now is undergoing a revolution. You know, the slash and burn phase is kind of over. And, and of course, there's some still some times when surgery and chemotherapy are important. Uh, but there are so many new options out there for people. Uh, and, you know, like I, I, I know a lot of my cannabis clients, they've used immunotherapy. And so, and that's more like personalized using your own immune system. So, and, and honestly, we actually tell them not to use cannabis with it, uh, because we don't want any complications with their immunotherapy. So, so it is, it is interesting unfortunately, and again, this is all side notes from the podcast. My boyfriend, Chad, he was a, a stage four cancer survivor and he got that old school treatment where they radiated the shit out of him and, you know, doused him with chemotherapy. And he does have a lot of, of, of health side effects because of that. Um, I think, I do think that some of the pain he experiences on a regular basis is because of some of that cancer treatment. And again, that's a hypothesis that I have. I don't have any evidence for that, but I do know it just ravages your body. So um, anyway, it is good to know that cancer research has come a long way. And I also have heard really great things about ketogenic diets for cancer. Just again, side note. And then Maria said, well, optimizing the immune system is really important. And that's what I found out when my mom had cancer, you know, the bot, the cancer had already ravaged her body, you know, and then we're giving her this other toxin called chemo. And now you're just totally weak. And, you know, so we would, we would rev her body up. We would try after her chemo treatments, we would try to rev her immune system up with like high dose uh, vitamin C drips and antioxidants and all kinds of those things. So I do have to ask, what are your favorite treatments on this side, on this side of the fence for cancer? And, and, you know, it's to me, and again, maybe I'm looking too into this. I felt like Dr. Mark didn't really want to answer specifics to this question. And I totally get why Maria wanted to ask these specific questions. I mean, she's had cancer. Her mom died of cancer. You know, when you have a doctor on your podcast, it's like you want to get some of these answers. Like when I have that doctor that I'm going to be interviewing, you're damn right. I'm going to be asking him about cannabis towards the end of the interview. I got to get his opinion. I always like to corner doctors and ask what their opinion is on cannabis. Anyway, so Dr. Mark said, 
the best overall thing for cancer really is to optimize your health, you know, your mindset, you know, get your microbiome healthy, have a, a good whole foods diet. I mean, all the steps I lay out in my book. And that's not just to prevent cancer, but diabetes, heart disease, dementia, you know, all of these can be used to treat and reverse some of these problems. You know, vitamin D, there's there's a lot of mushrooms that are great for cancer, you know, getting rid of sugar and starches. Um, you know, if you want to look at starving cancer cells, don't give them sugar and starch. <laughs> that's that's like a basic tenant. And so, and Maria's like, well, that's exactly what I did for my mom. I put her on the ketogenic diet. And at first they kind of laughed at me, but I did it as soon as it became popular. And, and then later, you know, three years later, the doctors are like, hey, you know, did you know that, you know, people are actually shrinking their tumors just by doing the ketogenic diet? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I was telling you that three years ago. <laughs> and, and she's like, when I talked to her neurologist, he was like, you know, well, there isn't a ton of evidence about it, but it's, it's absolutely not going to hurt for you to try it with your mom. And, and Dr. Mark was like, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you know, our approaches are changing doctors. Doctors are changing is basically what he's saying. Doctors are getting with the program now more and more. He said there's, there's a Harvard psychiatrist actually, who is using the ketogenic diet to treat things like schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, you know, sugar and starch are one of the biggest drivers of diabetes, cancer, heart disease, dementia, even psychiatric diseases. And, and the treatment is to cut it all out. And it's also the key to longevity. You know, do you want to live a long, healthy life? So cut it, cut that stuff out. Do, or do you want to live a short, sick life? You know, if you want to live a short, sick life, eat a lot of that stuff. And Maria said, can your food council figure out a way to ban all that harmful food marketing? And Dr. Mark is like, well, it's definitely on the list of things to do. But then, you know, the whole First Amendment thing gets in the way, you know, that freedom of speech, that pesky freedom of speech. <laughs> and she's like, I know. And he's like, but at least, you know, I, I do think it's really important to be able to control what's what's marketed to kids. You know, we, we really need to be looking at this because that's probably, you know, I mean, the goal of a lot of companies is to get them as a as, as a customer when they're young. Uh, and then you have a customer for life. So it is a problem. And so Maria was like, well, what about insulin resistance? Can you explain insulin resistance? You know, it's it's something that it seems like something that everyone is eventually going to going to deal with because we all eat sugar and starch. And and Mark said, this is a huge problem. He said Tufts University came out with a study recently looking at metabolic health and found that 93.2% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. That means only 6.8% of us are metabolically healthy. And Maria's like, that's insane. And Dr. Mark said, so what it means to be metabolically healthy means you're not having any diabetes or prediabetes. So that means that 93% of us have some sort of insulin resistance or prediabetes. 75% of people in America are overweight. One out of two already have diabetes or prediabetes in this country. And, and even thin people, he's like maybe over fat, like skinny fat. And, and, and they might have had all their muscle, a lot of their muscle replaced by fat. And, and that's going to make your metabolism much slower, uh, even at the same weight. 
And this is really important for people to realize, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm thin, I can eat sugar. And maybe it's not bothering you on the outside, but it is bothering you on the inside. So if you're metabolically unhealthy, that means you have high blood pressure, high blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol, you're probably overweight, you've had a heart attack or stroke. And all of this is related to poor metabolic function or metabolic health. And it really comes from eating too much starch and sugar. You know, as a species in the past, we might have had 22 teaspoons of sugar in an entire year. You know, maybe we'd find a little bit of honey or, you know, eat some sweet berries in the summer or something like that. He goes, here, now, the average person eats 22 teaspoons per day. And some kids have 35 teaspoons per day, and it just floods our system. And that that's not even counting the starch, which turns into glucose in the body, and, and that creates enormous issues downstream and consequences like insulin resistance. You know, things like bread, potatoes, rice. I mean, there are some potatoes that are okay, but pasta and rice, you know, all of it's super refined. And it drives huge amounts of insulin production production in our body. And our, it's our body's response to keeping our sugar low. And that insulin causes you to store fat in your belly. And that causes inflammation. Those uh, belly fat cells, it locks the fat in your cells. So it becomes very difficult to lose weight. And it slows down your metabolism. So you're basically screwed on top of being screwed. And that ends up making you more hungry. So you eat more. And it just causes you to lose muscle. And it's just this vicious cycle. It affects your hormones, like sex hormones. That's why men can become impotent and have low testosterone. Um, they end up getting man boobs because their testosterone turns into estrogen. And so it's a really huge crisis of poor metabolic health and insulin resistance. And your doctor typically doesn't even measure it. You know, it's so simple for your doctor to go in and measure it and take, it's like a $10 test. Um, you know, they, they can test for your fasting blood sugar or A1C. And, you know, you could be having huge amounts of insulin and not even realize that you have an issue. So it should be, you know, your your sugar should be less than 5 um should be less than five. I guess, you know, below 10, you're okay, but it should really be below five or at least at five. Um, but anything over 10 and you're really in trouble. And a lot of doctors just don't look at this and don't know how to treat it. So they don't really understand life, lifestyle disease. And it's just about giving the medication, you know, here, take some metformin. But actually that doesn't even work as well as just eating better and exercising. You know, I think I think we're really in a crisis here. You know, when you look at the phenomena of aging, insulin resistance is at the heart of all these aging processes. It underlies dementia, cancer, diabetes, heart disease. I mean, type 3 diabetes is basically now what they call dementia. It's a huge problem. But you can fix it. It's it's really not that hard. I mean, I had a patient who was a type 2 diabetic on insulin, massively overweight, she had heart failure, and and everything. Um, she she actually she changed the way that she ate. She she followed our program, and she was off her insulin in three days. So she went from having uncontrolled diabetes at around eleven, 
And and then she she ended up testing at five after changing her diet or five and a half. And, you know, she had a sugar of she had a sugar of three or four hundred to normal. I'm not sure what that's that means. But he said she was type two diabetic and she just she really just didn't really know better. He's like she was a smart woman, but she didn't really understand that all the processed food that she was eating was causing all of these issues. And so once we taught her what to do and she started following, you know, all of these this whole food way of eating it reversed everything. You know, she went from having kidney failure and liver failure and heart failure and angina and high blood pressure and everything just reversed. So, you know, you just don't see this with traditional medicine. You see them trying to manage these symptoms versus get to the core and just get rid of it. And so Maria said, if insulin resistance is such a problem and the body is having to produce all this insulin for all this junk we're eating, doesn't that mean that the pancreas gets incredibly tired? And that's one of the ways that we could end up with diabetes. And, and Dr. Mark said, you don't actually have to have diabetes to have some of these issues. And, you know, one, one out of 10, one in 10 have diabetes, 93% have poor metabolic health. It's all these accelerations of age because of these habits and behaviors. But the onset of diabetes is often a late stage phenomenon. People just need to know that there is something that you have to get. This is not just something that you have to start early and stay with because it's the driver of aging. And there is a professor at Harvard who is the head of preventative cardiology who said, if you look at it all, if you take people that live to the age of 100 and you look across their health records at the common factors, all of them were insulin sensitive. And what that means is their bodies just didn't need that much insulin to keep their blood sugar normal, as opposed to us who have a high level of insulin uh, and it, it takes a high level of insulin to keep our blood sugar normal. It seemed like there was a contradictory percentage of one in 10 in diabetes. And then before he said one in two. So I, I'm not sure. Maybe I wrote that down wrong. But um, but I think the point is there's a lot of people that have either pre-diabetes or diabetes. And it's all tied to this insulin resistance issue. Um, and so Maria then went on to say, did you all also say that this can cause infertility for women? And Dr. Mark said one in seven couples are infertile. And absolutely. There's actually a book written by a Harvard nutritionist called The Fertility Diet. And it talks about the role of sugar and how it can cause infertility along with poor metabolic health, especially with those with PCOS, but even with those without it, it can affect you and men as well. And so, and Maria was like, that's probably why my husband and I had trouble getting pregnant for all those years and nobody talks about it. No one ever made that connection. You know, they just pump you full of hormones. And, you know, by the way, I was always pre-diabetic. So that would have been one of those things that would have been really easy to diagnose if they had chosen to look at it. You know, what they ended up finally saying when they found it was, oh, you have a little Hashimoto's and let's put you on a little bit of Synthroid so that you can get pregnant instead of just saying, hey, why don't you eat less sugar? <laughs> and 
And Dr. Mark said, I have a wall full of pictures of women with their babies who were all told they were infertile and then they were able to have children. So if you know how to optimize the body and balance the hormones that comes from our processed diet, it's amazing how many people can, that used to be infertile can actually become fertile. And, and Maria asked, how long after, you know, if, if somebody changes and gets rid of all the starch and gluten and all this bad stuff, how long before you see real change? And Dr. Mark was like, well, we had a woman who had a body mass index that was 43, uh, normal is around 25. And she was on insulin for 10 years. And in only three days, she was off insulin totally. Um, it was type 2 diabetes. And, you know, type 1 is an autoimmune issue, which affects, you know, much fewer people as opposed to type 2. But in three months, she was completely off all of her drugs. You know, it just doesn't take a long time to see results when you know what to do. You know, when people say diets don't work, I mean, okay, but if you if you have a headache and you you use one milligram of aspirin, you're going to say, oh, aspirin doesn't work for headaches, but it takes, but it really does take 350 to 600 milligrams to address a heart, a headache. So the dose or the frequency matters. You know, if people are going to do diets for a short period and go back to eating starch and sugar, it's not going to last. And, you know, side note from the podcast, I mean, obviously he's making it sound so easy. Oh, just stop eating all sugar and, and, and starch. <laughs> yeah. Just stick to a life of protein and vegetables. Oh, that's so easy. I mean, that's, that I think is what's the problem. And again, you have this very extreme way of eating, right? Just whole, he wants you to eat just whole foods and no sugar. And we live in a society where you literally have to put blinders on to not get tempted by all of the the processed food sources out here. So I definitely get what he's saying, but for people that have been raised this way, I mean, all these people that he's talking about that had these miraculous changes are really extreme cases, right? They must have been eating pretty much 100% processed and in order and to have first of all all of these diseases onset but then also to get rid of them so dramatically that's that's my thought on that um so maria said i also see a lot about being bloated and you know if people have diarrhea constantly that's an issue and it just seems that everyone's afraid to talk about poop but it does matter uh so let's talk about that and and about this phenomenon of bloating and, you know, why is everybody so bloated constantly? You know, it's it's not normal, right? And, and, and Dr. Mark said there's different kinds of bloating. You know, there's fluid retention. And then there's other people that are bloated because they're inflamed. He said, and that puts fluid in your tissues. You get puffy and swollen. And that goes away with a few days of eating whole foods, getting away from inflammatory foods. The second thing is, is the digestive system bloating and and often that's called a food baby you know if you eat so much you need to like remove some of your clothes it can be related to our irritable bowel syndrome but it's it's like after you eat and you want to like loosen your belt because your stomach is so extended and you've either got diarrhea or constipation 
And that means we really don't know what causes it. And that, well, but we, we in fact do. And it, it can be caused by bugs in the small intestine or an overgrowth of yeast in the small intestine called SIBI. SIBO, is it SIBO? Yeah, I think it's called SIBO. Or it could be food sensitivities that are, that are, there's just a lot of reasons why people have gut issues. And there's definitely different ways to create a healthier garden. And, you know, your gut can be optimized. Your gut health can be optimized if you learn what foods to give your microbiome to improve it. Um, and so, you know, the body has a great way to repair itself. We just really have to get out of the way. Um, and so, so Maria's like, well, so what are your top tips for SIBO? Yeah, my, my autocorrect changed that to SIBI, but SIBO is that gut issue. So she's like, what are your top tips for SIBO? She's like, I know a lot of people that are actually struggling with this. And, and Mark's like, well, when I talk about the microbiome is the hallmark of aging, it's because more and more unhealthy, you know, like a mess of, of unhealthy bacteria is creating inflammation. And, you know, we've, we've coined this term called inflammaging and that affects everything. So you just have to learn how to optimize your microbiome. And if you have SIBO, it's an overgrowth of certain types of bacteria. And there's ways to treat it with herbs. You know, sometimes an antibiotic might be necessary. There's antifungals. But then, of course, you need to understand why that happened in the first place. And and they, they kind of uh, went on and on a little bit about... Uh, certain supplements, but, um, Maria kind of wanted to talk about alcohol. She's like, can we just get back to the wine? She's like, can we drink any type of alcohol like wine? And he's like, well, no, he's like, wine will feed it. Uh, you, you really want to starve these, these, this, this problem. And the good bugs love plenty of colorful phytochemicals, which is the medicine, which is the medicine in food, really. He's like, your microbiome loves fiber and probiotic foods. Um, and those optimize your gut function very well. Then there's also a lot of different testing you can, you can do, um, to, understand everything, you know, what's actually happening. And, and then you'll really know through the test what actions to take. You know, it's, it's, you're basically reconstituting the soil in your gut, you know, kind of like how farmers would do with like manure and, and, and compost to make the soil healthy and fertile again. He goes, you know, that's what we need to do with our gut. And so I think I, I missed a part because, I think she asked if, I think she was joking when she asked if, if it could be treated with wine. And he, he kind of went off on this, this little thing that I didn't end up taking notes on, but she did want to get back to the wine issue because she's like, can we, she's like, if we're doing all these other good things, like if we're, you know, eating well, taking care of our gut, eating, you know, cutting out starch, cutting out sugar, you know, can we have a glass of wine? You know, do, do you even drink at all? And 
And Mark's like, I, you know, I have an occasional glass of wine. I mean, every few months, you know, if I go out to dinner and we're celebrating something and somebody's getting a bottle of wine, I'll, I'll have a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's, it's every few months and I, I almost never do, you know, hard liquor, maybe once a month I'll have a shot of tequila, but it is very rare. I mean, alcohol is increasingly becoming known to accelerate all of those diseases that we already talked about. You know, it promotes cancer, it, it affects your brain health. I mean, I can, I can obviously, it can obviously affect your blood sugar or your microbiome. But I mean, look, alcohol is a toxin. So if you're doing it occasionally, fine. But just know that, you know, if, if you're going to have a cookie, it should be every once in a while. Um, you know, you want to consider it like a recreational drug. It's just not something that you want to do every day. And, and certainly it's not a health promoting substance. And, and Maria was like, well, you know, I, I talked to some, you know, some people out of those blue zone areas and they're having their wine and they're fine, but they're, of course, they're also doing all of those other health promoting behaviors too. And, and Mark said, there is something called the healthy user effect. They actually did this on, on studies on meat consumption back in the day and whether there were any health risks. And, and this was at a time when everybody thought that meat was bad for you. And what they found was the people that ate the meat also smoked cigarettes and drank a lot and ate a lot of processed foods and didn't work out. And then the group that didn't eat meat uh, did the opposite. They didn't smoke. They didn't drink. They ate more fruits and vegetables. They did work out. So, you know, is it the result of the meat or all of the other things? You know, I, I think what we need to realize is some of these studies are not cause and effect. And, you know, I did go to that blue zone, you know, Icaria, is it Icaria, 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 that's in Greece. And it's, it's known as a place for longevity. And, and she's like, I did drink some of their wine. And, and, you know, I, I learned about their, the way they make their wine. And he said they were using special grapes that had all of these phytochemicals in them. And, you know, the, of course they didn't put sulfates in them. And this guy was putting them in big clay pots under the ground and using old methods that have been used for thousands of years. So I think it's important to look at all of the contributing factors that play into longevity. You know, you know, what we're drinking is in America is very different from that type of wine. And, and it, it it's funny because I was thinking about that, like whether like someone like me, for example, that does have a lot of healthy habits and, and does work out a lot and does resistance training and eats a lot of whole foods, but then also loves the sugar. Like that's the question. Like for someone that has a lot of health promoting behaviors, do those help negate the sugar and, and the, the effects from starch and alcohol? So that's why I do want to go get my A1C tested and see what my blood sugar is at. Um, because I, I'm curious, like, am I having the balance that I really think I'm having by, you know, obviously I'm, I do the indulgent thing of overdoing it on sugar and alcohol sometimes, clearly. But then again, is that, am I making it up for it by exercising on a regular basis and eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and phytochemicals and all these things? So that's the question. And, and I think he kind of, you know, referred to it here where, you know, the, what is he, what he called it? The healthy user effect 
that was a question I had at the beginning. And then when he talked about this, I'm kind of like, okay, I think, I think that's speaking to that point. Um, then Maria said, I also want to ask about eating too much, uh, meat. I actually read that it can raise your glucose. Is that true? And, and Mark's like, well, I don't think I wrote that in the book, but I, I, if you do eat too much meat, it can turn into sugar if you're not eating enough calories. So if you're actually starving, your body will turn protein into sugar. Uh, the body can make sugar out of protein, but that typically doesn't happen. So in general, people should be eating more protein. Um, just don't overdose or underdose. It, you know, protein is really important as we get older. We need it to build muscle. Uh, the most important thing we can do as we get older is to eat and exercise in a way that helps us maintain more muscle. Because, um, you know, so eating low sugar, eating more protein, doing resistance training. I mean, without muscle, we can't function. We become frail and end up in a nursing home. And it's not because we have an illness. Sometimes it's because we're too weak to tie our own shoes. You know, we're walking around with a walker. And the difference with people in Icaria and Sardinia, you know, they don't have walkers. They're running around the mountains like they were like 90 or, and they're 90. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And Marie is like, yeah, my, my grandpa or my grandma, my 90 year old grandmother would carry water jugs that were as big as her, you know, from the town fountain back to her home. So, so I, I can see how, you know, a big difference there. I did have a question on how you healed your gastritis. Uh, and Mark said, well, you know, I work on the food part a lot and that helped, of course, restore my microbiome. So I, I did, I ate a lot of foods with the polyphenols that were colorful plant chemicals, uh, you know, that the bacteria love. I did a lot of prebiotic and probiotic fibers. I also, you know, use some more aggressive treatments that aren't necessarily accessible to the average person, but I did my ozone therapy. I did some peptides that helped me reset and now I'm doing great. And Maria's like, that's what's crazy is they say some of these things are unhealable and it's just not true. Mark said, it's a basic roadmap of functional medicine that you just need to learn and adhere to. I mean, so many of us know more about how to tune up a car than to tune up our own bodies. And, and Maria just had a few more questions. She's like, I, I do need to ask you about artificial sweeteners because I was curious about, I know you don't think that artificial sweeteners are a good idea, but I was curious about stevia for, you know, specifically stevia. What is your thought on that? Is that like a good one or a bad one or better than the others? And Mark's like, well, if you tell people to reduce sugar and starch, a lot of times they start to be like, well, can I have this? Can I have stevia? What about Nutrisy? What about sucralose? What about sugar alcohol? What about monk fruit sweetener? And when I hear that question, I immediately realize they have an addiction. They're, they are biologically addicted to sugar and their brain is immediately trying to find ways around it. And so it's good to think, oh, why is my brain thinking this way? Because I'm, I'm hurt or maybe I should try to get unhooked and see what happens in two to three days you can you can stop wanting sugar uh i, I you know but i mean if you do have a ton of yeast you, you may still crave sugar uh but overall it does not take a long time to reset the gut you know i wrote a book actually about how to detox from sugar 
It's called a 10-day detox diet. And the changes can be incredible. I mean, if you want to have a little sugar every once in a while, you know, fine. I mean, stevia and monk fruit are probably the best options, but it does end up sending, sending cravings uh, of sugar. You have, you know, you have receptors on your tongue that speak to your brain and it sets up a pattern for sugar cravings. So I encourage people to try not to do that. When we put people through this pattern of eating that, that I teach in my book and, and change the way um, and, and cut the, cut the sugar on the very last day, you know, after they've gone through this regimen of no sugar, whole foods, no starch, we give them a chia seed pudding that only has coconut milk in it and some berries and, and unsweetened coconut milk. And it's not that sweet, but they end up being like, oh my God, this is like, this is the most delicious, sweetest thing, you know, because their their palate is reset. Their scent, their receptors are more sensitive to sugar. And, you know, berries can seem like candy. So if you cut off all this processed sugar and the amounts that people eat, you know, berries can taste like candy. But if you just drank a Coke then or soda, you know, it could taste like cardboard. So it all depends on what you're consuming and how sensitive you're, you are to that sugar. And Maria is like, I do remember seeing your recipe for chocolate mousse with avocado. And I had been doing no sugar for a while. And I actually even removed the agave that you had in it. And, you know, it was just coconut milk, uh, cacao and avocado. And it was so delicious. You know, I quit desserts a few years ago, so I'm pretty much past that. Um, but, you know, I really reduce my diet basically now just down to protein and vegetables. But every once in a while, you want to feel like, you know, you've had a little something, something, something interesting. You know, I've, I've talked about the spice issue, too. So where should people go get good quality spices that don't have toxins in them? And and Mark's like, well, if you're just getting organic, I mean, the, the a lot of the toxins come from the pesticides they use. So just buy organic, you know, if you're going to Whole Foods or, you know, just, just look for organic and you should be good. And then... And then the producer came in and asked about supplements and he had already talked about how like fish oil, vitamin D, a multivitamin and magnesium are the most important, but he did kind of go off and talk a little bit more about supplements and all these complicated terms. I'm not a, I'm not a big supplement taker. I do do my vitamin D, my magnesium. Uh, I do want to add fish oil in. I've been meaning to add that in. Uh, but I'm just, I'm not going to take a million. I'm not going to take a multivitamin either. I think for me, vitamin D, fish oil is I'll probably go get that this weekend. And, um, the magnesium are, are good. I think, I think I'm doing enough, but, uh, but overall, I think it was a good podcast. I mean, he did have good information. I think the biggest thing that I, I mean, this is another pretty extreme guy, right? It's, it's, I mean, obviously processed food and sugar is bad. I think, I mean, there have been times when I'm like, oh, I can like, I, I'm not going to like gain a ton of weight if I eat this cookie or I eat this cupcake or I, and it's, it's more about thinking about weight over just overall health. And so he, he does kind of jog my brain back into that. It's not just about something delicious and having balance. It's about what is the sugar actually doing to me? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that the healthy habits can offset that because when, when Maria's talking about only eating protein and vegetables, 
that sounds so depressing. You know, I mean, I know there's delicious whole foods out there, but not to have gelato, to not have cake and all the delicious things. I don't know. I I just, I I don't think I'd want to live a life like that. And now granted, I also don't want to get dementia. (laughs) So that's why I do want to go get my sugar tested because I absolutely, if I, if I end up having high sugar, um, then I am going to probably cut back on some of it because that'll be a big wake up call. You know, it'll, it'll definitely tell me that my, the balance is not good enough. I would like to think it is. So I did, ideally, I think you're, well, no, I I did, I just Googled it. Like you don't have to fast to get your A1C test, but they do recommend like not having eaten a lot of sugar or anything uh, or starch before it. So I don't know. I feel like I should go fasting to, to really get a good sense. Maybe I'll go after like maybe like an hour after my superfood smoothie so that I have something in my system. Um, maybe that'll be a better test. I don't know, but I'm going to look into it, get it tested and I'll report back on a future podcast. Um, more good, good content coming up again. Uh, please rate review this podcast. Just leave some stars, leave a comment again. It means so, so, so much. Please follow me on Instagram at the diet obsessed podcast um tell a friend about this podcast so it can keep growing Uh, if you have any ideas for topics or podcasts i should listen to please shoot me a dm on instagram and until we meet again i hope all of you have a very balanced week